buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here from Remax. Gary, good afternoon. How are you today? Jim, we're doing real good. How are you doing down there in uh, Florida? Florida. It's nice. Um, about 78 degrees um, on average down here lately, so it's not a bad deal. What's the temperature like up north? Well, you know, it's been really nice for this time of year. I heard it was like 50 degrees or something in Minneapolis yesterday or earlier in the week. We have no snow, but uh, this weekend we're supposed to be getting our first uh, decent snowstorm, I guess. So we could get four plus inches to resetting at this point. So um, it all comes to an end this weekend. I got you. So um, there's no ice or anything on the streets or anything like that? No, no. It's been, uh, we still got green grass up here. Oh, well, perfect. So we're doing well, and uh, uh, real estate market's still active. The um, um, it's been kind of a a mild winter so far, so that's that's good. If you don't like the snow and you don't like the cold and all that, I mean, it's uh, it's good for you. Yeah, well, it's already uh, it's already well into December. Well, fourth of December, I guess, but um, December is already here. So that's that's very. Very fast. Are you, are you all ready for Christmas, or is it coming up on you like a like a train? No, I think uh, we're doing well. We're getting ready, and uh, with the snow, it'll put us all in the spirit, I guess. And uh, what's Christmas like down in Florida with all the green grass and all? You know, I've never experienced Christmas on a on a uh, warm climate. You know, I would say that they go as crazy putting lights up down here as they do in any northern Wisconsin or Minnesota city where they have a lot of snow. Um, These little communities, so there's a lot of communities, a lot of associations, a lot of places where people live in a in a in a special community where they where they pay association fees and and then they have tennis courts and, and swimming pools and things of that nature and the associations of those um, or, or the management of those associations, um, they'll throw committees together for decorations, and they—it's uh, amazing how many Christmas lights and different Christmas decorations some of these associations have, and 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 people go nuts decorating them. I mean, uh, in our little community here, they've been decorating for the last last week. Um, and, uh, just, I think it was just yesterday for the first time last night, I should say, um, Friday night, they flipped the switch, so to speak. And, um, all the Christmas lights are on and they'll be on and through like the, I don't know, I think it's like the 10th of January or something before they start pulling them off. But Gary, guess what they also do? You know, you know, you have the, you, or you had the Christmas city of the North parade. Yes. You know what they do in in this community and in other communities is they have golf cart parades. <laughs> yep, and I'm telling you, some of the golf carts down here, 
Um, I mean, owning, uh, uh, um, selling golf carts is actually a huge business down here. There are many dealerships and everything. So, I mean, that tells you how many there are. Um, but these people, they get electrical connections on their golf carts. And uh, my gosh, you can't believe some of the lights on some of these things. So, and they have a golf cart parade. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. And fun. Well, Jim. Speaking of HOAs, yes. homeowners associations with condos, there was a big story this week, and it is a big deal. And this is actually out of Florida, and I'm, I'm gonna—I'm not sure I'm going to say the name of this this uh, city, right? But it's Poinciana. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, when you have condos, and, and we don't have a lot of condos. I'm sure, I read this up here in the Twin Ports relative to like you know, Florida, Arizona, whatever, you know, where a lot of these uh, condominiums um, are prevalent and they have these homeowners associations. And a couple of things, you just go backwards a little bit. If you remember going back to the, the housing recession, one of the biggest failures in that was these condo associations and it, and the homeowners associations, they lost hundreds of millions of dollars and and they went uh belly up and it was it was a very big deal across the country and so part of the banking regulations when they redid this is that when you sell condos now if you're going to borrow money to buy a condo the condo uh the lender is going to require that the um homeowners association submit their financial statements and, uh, you know, uh, that they're shown to be solvent and that right. they have, uh, uh, you know, that they're in good standing. So um, uh, one of the and, and, and these homeowners association, Jim, they can be extraordinarily powerful. They can be so powerful that they can make it a nightmare for these uh, people that own these associations to uh, uh, to want to live there. And they can take properties back. They can set assessments they can set rules and so the, anyways there was a big lawsuit that happened um uh back in this florida city and um this was a 5,000 member 55 plus community and they've right. been locked in a class action lawsuit uh since 2017 and the developers called uh, avatar properties and they um they, uh, this uh, class lawsuit is alleging that the HOA fees, they've improperly collected these HOA fees. And on November 2nd of this year, uh, the Polk County Florida Circuit judge awarded the residents $34.8 million. And that's the biggest award that these people have ever heard of against a homeowners association. Okay, and fighting a homeowners association can be a very difficult right. proposition. It's hard for residents to win in these things, and that's because these HOAs are so powerful. They can keep delaying things, and it gets so expensive with the attorney's fees that people just uh, don't continue to, to go on with them. Well, and I, was and re- so, I read this, too, and they... And, and they- they do the tactic of, of kicking the can, you know, they, they kick the can down the road. So they see, they think they're getting somewhere. We're going to court. We're doing this. We're going to all of a sudden they get a continuance and then, and then they do it again and then they get another continuance. And then, and then they, they put up, um, they, they put up 
stupid little arguments that the judge ultimately rules against, but it, it, it takes another three months to get through there. Yeah, I was reading that, and, and, and they at one point in time, um, I think they were out of options and they couldn't slow them down anymore, you know. But yeah, people don't last as long as, as they can keep um, the, the lawsuit in the court system. Yeah, and one of the things that these uh, associations can do is, and one of the particular things is they were, in this, uh, um, another Florida HOA was threatening a family with a $100 a day fine for putting up their Christmas lights too early. Right. Yes, I, I, I mean, that. how ridiculous is this? That's just yep. like in, it's insane ridiculousness, if that's even a word. But um, uh, the fact that they've uh, uh, that, that these folks have filed this lawsuit won that type of an award, and obviously this is going to be appealed. But I think this sends a signal that um, uh, these homeowners associations have become way too powerful. And their frivolous rules that they can have and impose upon the residents who pay good money for these condos has got to change. And and so uh, this is an, this is an interesting case, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Obviously, like it says, they're gonna they're gonna uh, appeal this. But uh, uh, you know, when you deal with these homeowners associations, Jim, you know we we don't have a lot of condos relative to across the country up here in the Northland. Right. And we don't have issues like this, uh, you know, and most of the associations that, that we're aware of, um, they're fine. They're solvent. You know, there's no problems. I think probably the biggest issue that I can recall locally here was with the uh, condos that are at, at the top of Masaba Avenue by the Cover Talk Church. Um, I think those were built at the, when the recession happened. Right. And, that they um, they had some issues with financing, and I think I think they had some issues with moisture, uh, mold or whatever. And they had to do a, uh, I believe it was a one point two million dollar renovation uh, to fix that problem. And um, most of the homeowners were assessed, um, I think, in the neighborhood of twenty five thousand dollars each, um, as as their contribution to that problem. And so that was a pretty big deal. But otherwise, we don't have those type of issues. All the homeowners associations that I'm aware of are very solvent up here, but they do have to submit uh, their financial statements to the to the lenders when they're borrowing money on these uh, uh, for condominium. Yeah, and, I, and there's no disagreement from from me that the, I will tell you this. Um, well, actually, Gary, let's do this. We got we're, we're just up against a break here. Let's take a break and then let's uh, continue down this road a little bit more before we move on to another topic. So, folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back, so hang in there. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher here on KDAL 610 AM. Gary, before we get any farther, why don't you give us your phone number? I can be reached at 218-390-0615. Yeah, and my phone number here is uh, 218-348-7653. Okay, Gary, um, we were talking about homeowner associations and lawsuits filed in the state of Florida against, uh, well, this is one particular, um, one particular uh, uh, association that was sued and, and, and lost $35 million. Um, but we were talking about the regulation and such. Most of them 
are are regulated very very tightly, and the boards that run them, like the one I live in, um, our monthly fees are one of the lowest in the state of Florida. They're only one hundred and forty dollars a month, and that includes all of the lawn maintenance and um, a, a lot of other things too. We we the the common area, which includes the pool and the pickleball and the tennis courts and all kinds of stuff. There is a golf course here, but we don't own the golf course. Um, and we have, um, I think there's what, 300 homes in here or something like that. And and we have like a million dollars in the bank for, um, just like overage or whatever. So there's a lot of them that are very solvent like that. But then some of them, um, like you were talking about, this one is a lawsuit. They kept they kept adding adding fees on. They fined people for silly things, like somebody was getting fined a hundred dollars a day for putting up Christmas lights. Um, these kind of things. They they impose they impose their will in ways that nobody could really afford to fight it. You know, so it makes it a little bit difficult. I think that most of them are are reasonable. Uh, I will tell you this one, Gary. When we first moved into this in this development ten years ago. When we bought this house, uh, when I when I made my my first move into buying furniture and such, I rented a pickup truck. You know, like instead of renting a car, you could rent a pickup truck. So I rented a pickup truck for two weeks, and I was notified the day that I got here. They go, "Sir, you have a pickup truck in your driveway, and pickup trucks are not allowed." Right? <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'm moving things." Well, I don't know what you're going to do. I said, well, I know I'm going to keep moving things and I'm going to have this truck for another six days and I'm not going to do anything about it. And they didn't challenge me on it. And like a year later, they changed it so you could have pickup trucks. You know, so I think that some of those things, people ultimately decide they were going too far. And um, at, at one of the meetings, they, they voted on it and pickup trucks are not allowed. Um, like you can't like park in... You can't have a, a camper in this in this development. You can't park a camper anywhere. Um, it can be uh, nothing can basically be left on the street overnight. So that's one of their rules. Um, but for overall, I think the associations uh, do a great job and, and provide a great service. Uh, a lot of people look at them like they're it's forced management, but um, you know when you have community properties that take money to, to run and to maintain it's, it's there's no other way to do it so well I think you know when you look at what some of the trends across the country the condos um, have certainly been a big trend over the last 10 to 15 right. years and it's it's a very attractive lifestyle especially as you get older uh, you don't have to worry about lawn maintenance snow shoveling all that type of stuff um, yeah, I don't but, miss but mowing the lawn <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, but you but you pay good money for these condos yeah. too, Jim, yeah. or these associate townhomes or whatever they may be, these associations. You pay good money for that. And and to have I, – I, I, I agree that there has to be some uniform regulations or you could, you could have chaos. But, but to be so uh, – you know, the Christmas tree light thing, it's like, you know, that's just like over the edge type of stuff. And so, you know, having a little bit of flexibility – I think is, is certainly a good thing and uh, uh, allowing people to like have some living their life with, without having to be too rigid, but protecting them from things like blight, uh, storing, you know, junk outside or, or what have you. Um, I think that those are certainly good things to have in place to, uh, 
maintain everybody's investment. Well, another one that's getting kind of hot um, around here, at least, are sign ordinances. Um, there's a lot of these communities that are passing ordinances like you can't have um, sizes that you, you want to display on your home. Um, can only be a certain size. They can't have any swear words in them. Um, and they go into other details. And you know why they're doing it? Because um, there are... You can drive by a house, and there'll like on the garage door there'll be there'll be banners. One of them will say, um, "Biden is not my president." The next one will say, "You know, Trump won," and the next one will say, "You know, um, good luck, Brandon," or whatever the heck that other one is. Um, I can't think what it is, but anyway, so they're literally banners on these people's houses, and um, if you live like on the street or near that person, um, regardless of what it says, I think that it would be annoying to look at their little signs 24-7 every single day that you uh, that you walk out of your door. So there's been a lot of sign ordinances that have been passed in communities like this. As a matter of fact, in Punta Gorda itself, Gary, if you were going to wear a shirt that had a, um, a swear word on it or something that that um, they would consider to be vulgar. It's against the law, and they could actually arrest you <laughs> and put you in the squad and take you away, and they have done it when people refuse to take the shirt off. Um, so what do you think of those things? Well, again, I think that you need certain uh, uh, standards that, have to, that, that protect everybody's investment you know, and, and again, the, I think the biggest one that I would be concerned about is um, things like that would cause blight. I think if you're storing junk outside, if you're right. you got old cars parked in your driveways or, or what have you, I think that those are the biggest things that I would be concerned about. Right. Um, but I think overreach is also something that has to have some flexibility to it as well. Uh, there should be no penalties whatsoever to. Um, Put up Christmas lights early, but but I I agree with the the banners and the yard sign, you know, being uh, limited and and controlled because that's something to me that's blight, and yeah. not everybody agrees with everybody on well, uh, po- political issues, and and so to have to see those things, um, I think that those are things that should be controlled in these um, uh, you know housing communities and. Uh, and for a good reason. So, uh, yeah, but wearing a T-shirt downtown <laughs> yep. and getting arrested because I'm making a, some type of statement, I think that's a little overreach as well. Well, they have a, a – I'll tell you what. I mean, it gets it gets a little crazier down here when it comes to those kinds of politics. You know, but I would say that, it, you know, and I know where this particular house, the one I was telling you about, actually exists, right? And I know other people in that particular – neighborhood are trump supporters but yet they look at that and they go take that crap down we don't like that i don't want to i don't want to walk out and just have it thrown in my face you know every day that's why so many of us i think are so happy when elections are over and all the political signs have to come down that we've been driving by for a year you know um it just gets so old um, and it's and it's it's very it's very weary and tiresome. <laughs> there, here's another one, Gary. Folks, you're not going to believe this. Maybe you would because it's Florida. There is a Trump coffee shop here. 
and it's called the locally it's called the, like the Trump headquarters. You can buy any kind of those kind of signs or anything you want there, and then you can go in there and, and have a a um, cup of conservative coffee, Gary. Um, and it's quite popular. There's a lot of people that get in there, and they and if you if you're if your dig is to to get together and sit down at a table and do nothing but talk politics and how everything's wrong with political things in the world, then that's your place to go. Uh, personally, that's the last thing that I would want to talk about, but quite a popular little coffee coffee shop in this little town. Jim, it's that time of year. Yes. Where predictions for the upcoming year are starting to come in. Yes, and I saw that. We, we love predictions. We've talked about them every single year since we've been on the show. And I ran across the first predictions for the 2022 housing market. And this right. is nationally, of course. And this is posted by uh, Realtor.com. And um, here's what they're saying. And basically, they went backwards a little bit. And, and they went back to the uh, since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic began. Basically saying that the real estate market has been on an unprecedented uh wild ride there's been highs and lows in the real estate market uh the mortgage industry available homes and it's been a great time of overwhelming stress for many for many and they're referring to buyers but it's also been gigantic profits for some and it's been disorientation for most of us yep interesting now here's what they're saying and these are the housing experts at Realtor.com. And they say that this market is going to begin normalizing. And what they mean by that, it, you know, will the home prices and rents finally come down? Will more homes go up for sale? And what does that 2022 housing market look like? And they basically say that the market's going to continue to slow down. And it'll continue to slow down from the frenzy that we've seen for the last year and a half. Um, and, and if we remember what happened, these prices shot up to like unheard of levels that we never could have anticipated. Uh, the inventories, just the lack of them and the amount of buyers in the marketplace looking for houses, uh, the multiple offers, everything associated with this market that was just been an unprecedented market. But I think at the end of the day, they're saying even as the market calms down, it's going to still be expected that it's going to be challenging for buyers. And it's going to be challenging for buyers, especially those buyers that are uh, purchasing their first homes. Um, it's going to continue to be a seller's market. It's going to continue to be fast moving homes, rising prices. Um, but they think that the competition is going to be less and it's going to be less intense than, than it's been recently. They're, they think that the um, uh, home prices will stay high, but the price growth will continue to slow down. So they say that buyers uh, can be uh, can breathe a little sigh of relief, but not much, and that the um, that prices will continue to increase at just under a three percent rate compared with the twelve percent rise uh, this year, twenty twenty one. So. Well, and you know what they're talking about too. If you if there there's a there's an accompanying article that talks about some of the things that are affecting, um, you know the the millennials, the first time home buyers. 
Um, and some, you know, the numbers are amazing. Like, uh, they say that there are 45 million millennials in what they call the home buyer sweet spot. You know, like they are fully employed. They've got kids and they need a place to land. Here's the one thing that's, that's pushing them into the, I think into the housing market faster than anything else is that rents are outpacing home prices by about 7%. So, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter just to even afford rent than it does to, to buy a house. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you can see they would want to come into the market. Uh, but, you know, you add into the, the like you were saying, the higher interest rates and the less inventory, it's, it's not going to get any easier, is it? Well, I think it's still going to be um, uh, an active market. And I'll give you an example. I put a house on the, on the market this week on Monday. And we had 13 showings within 36 hours. Yeah. And we had two offers. The first offer that came in just like blew everybody out of the water, you know. And uh, uh, I, I actually happened to be there. I was putting my sign in the ground in the, the morning of the, uh, uh, the the day after it went on the market. And I saw this couple. They were with another agent. And uh I'm putting the sign in the ground, and, and the dad was with him, and the dad says, uh, how soon are you leaving? And I said, oh, I'll be here about five minutes. I'm just getting this in the ground. He said, good, because when you leave, we're pulling the sign out of the ground. Jesus. <laughs> and, and I said, do you want it that no, bad? Not. I said, right? you want it that bad? He goes, we like it, and she likes it, You know, talking about his daughter. And uh, uh, by gosh, they wrote an offer. They wrote a tremendous offer and sent it to the seller, and the seller – you know, we still had like eight showings to go on that day. And uh, uh, the seller said, should we wait for everybody to go through today? He said, I just soon signed this thing. And I said, well, I said, let's just put an offer deadline. We'll, we'll put it in it for 8 p.m. tonight. And we did. And everybody got through. We did get another offer, but it just didn't compare to this first offer. So uh, I think buyers, the energy in the marketplace here is still great. And I think when these buyers get in there, most buyers know that if you if a new house comes on the market and you're in there and you like it, you don't have you can't sit and think about it. You have to act. Right. And so I still think that there's that mindset with people, and um, uh, you know. But I do think you know when you have 13 showings and we only had two offers. You know, earlier this year, you know, you, we may have had eight offers. So. You know, I think, you know, that was a little bit surprising to me that we only had two offers out of 13 showings. Um, that was a little indication. I thought that, like, ah, not everybody's tapping into this house. But i uh, uh, got one happy buyer, and uh, uh, right, uh, and that's a good thing. So what, what, how that relates to the national market, you know, I think that that's, that's true. The inventories are going to be low. You're, you're, we're going to get um, a lot of showings on these listings when they come in, especially the first-time home buyers. And people have to make decisions right away. They can't sit sit on their on their uh, on the fence on these things. Right. Exactly. And I, I don't I don't have any disagreement. I think that you could you could list certain properties around here, and you'd have thirteen showings, two or three or five offers. You just don't know what's going to happen in this in this crazy world. And uh, down here, the other thing is is that. Um, you get these. You, you, you put a sign in the yard, and you get offers, we, uh, written offers from parties that have never been in the house. They they they're writing sight unseen offers, and it's kind of hard to deal with them because a lot of them, 
if you accept them, even though it's all cash, they still have a right of cancellation during the inspection period, and, and they can cancel. So you, you look at them with a, you know, a little bit of, uh, well, let's get some real people who are actually walking through there before we decide to accept this one. Right. Uh, all right, Gary, we're at our break here. we got to take a break. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim running Gary Callagher here every Saturday from 12 to 2 when we're not interrupted by some sports. Um, Gary, give out your phone number again so people can get a hold of you. I'm at 218-390-0615. And Jim, I'm still looking for a couple houses for a couple buyers. We've been looking for a long time. and uh, I've got uh, one set of buyers that are looking for a house. They'd like to be... Uh, in the Lakewood area or Woodland, rural type area, up to Knife Riverish in that area, uh, anything under 900000 If you know, we can do a one-time showing, save you a little bit of money on the real estate fees. Also looking for a property, if it's, if it's got a view, um, anything I've got some other town people, they're looking at anything under 400000 um, give me a call. All right, perfect. And and if you want to buy something in the warmer weather, give me a call down here in Florida. My number is 218-348-7653. All right, Gary, we got about a, another 10 minutes here in this segment. Um, what do you want to switch to here? Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about these mortgage interest rates, Jim, because if you've been watching that 10-year uh, treasury bond, uh, boy, it's been really coming down. You know, and, and that generally relates to lower mortgage interest rates, but the, these mortgage interest rates really haven't moved down much. They, they're the same as they were last week. Uh, the 30-year conventional fixed rate is at 3.25%. Um, the FHA 30-year fixed rate is at 3.75%. And the uh, 30-year fixed VA loan is at 3.625%. So, um, you know, you can still get, you know, really good loans. I mean, if you're going to go on a conventional note and you want to do a 20 year fixed rate, you can get a 20 year fixed term on a conventional loan for 2.875. And a 15 year, you can do 2.375. Now, they also have 10 year terms, Jim. You can get a 10 year fixed interest rate on a house for 2.25%. Yeah. So, that's good. Um, well, that's tremendous. I mean, so, I mean, if you've got the wherewithal and, and you say to yourself, well, boy, if they're only going to amortize it over 10 years, my payments are going to be like incredible. How am I going to be able to afford something on a 10 year term? Well, one of the things that's happening in today's market is people have a lot of money. And, you know, they sold their house. You know, I would say 50 percent of them are putting a lot of their, their proceeds into a new house. Right. So you're in essence what you're doing. If you're buying a three, four, five hundred thousand dollar home and you've got half of that to put down or even more, you could in essence survive on a ten year term and have a relatively uh, similar payment you would on a fifty or a twenty or thirty year pay, uh, payment. And guess what? Your mortgage is going to be paid off in ten years. Yep. And I just had this happen with, with a, a couple I was working with. They sold their house down in the Twin Cities. They moved up here. They bought a house in the 260000 range. They took out an $85,000 mortgage. They put their proceeds back into it. So, um, you know, getting a 10-year term on something like that is way beneficial. And look at the interest rate, two and a quarter percent. 
So that's that's a relatively new program that they have. But I think that's one of the reasons it's tailored to like, hey, people have so much money they're putting down on homes that um, they can uh, uh, they can get these ten year terms. Not everybody can do it, especially the first time home buyers, you know. But but they're more geared towards FHA. But there there are some conventional programs, Jim, where you can put three percent down. And you know when you when you look at a lot of the data, conventional mortgages are are by, by far and away the most widely used mortgages to buy a house. Right. So, well, and a lot of that has to do with FHA. I mean, they they added that fee that's never going to go away, you know, to to for reinsurance. Um, but here's a you know, I, I like bank rate. You know, when I looked at at mortgage rate forecasts, it says higher rates likely with a COVID wild factor, which I think is true. Also, an inflation wild factor. You know, so but. Um, you know, everywhere you look, they're predicting that this coming year, that rates are going to be slowly rising throughout the year, and those two things are the wild card. If inflation goes out of out of out of control, then they'll use higher interest rates to to bring things back into 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 the level. Um, but then I suppose the COVID wild factor would be that if we get into a major shutdown again, that might have an effect as well. So. Wow, it's there's a lot of things to look at, isn't there? Well, let me give you an example of the uh, 2,057 houses that we sold so far up in our market here in Twin Ports. Um, conventional mortgages have accounted for 1,479 of those those um, 2,057 houses. That's a staggering percentage uh, of people using conventional mortgages. Right. Um, the next highest way of financing a place is cash. You know, and that, and, and for all the years we've been doing this show, <laughs> I don't know that that's ever been the second highest way of purchasing a home, has it? No, FHA. Yeah. Um, we used to have the insured conventional, but they're all grouping them together with the conventional right. And But the other thing that, that we're seeing a, a, a lot of usage out of is the VA loans. You know, right. the VA numbers are are so far, uh, you know, above and beyond what they are historically that it's, uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of vets buying homes and, and they make it easy for them nowadays. You know, the VA loans used to be a little difficult to deal with a lot of restrictions, but it's so easy for the vets now. And I think that's just such a great thing that they're taking advantage and utilizing, uh, you know, the VA loans, you know, for them to buy a house. Yep, and it's amazing down here. I think the percentage of cash purchases would be higher than the conventional purchases. So I think cash would be for sure number one, followed by a conventional mortgage. So yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Like you're saying, there's a lot of people that have a lot of equity that are taking one and putting it into the other. So it makes a big makes a big difference. Well, it does. And then you know when you look at at things, one of the uh, uh, one of the bigger trends for this year is um, uh, one of the predictions, anyways, and, and trends, I guess, is higher mortgage interest rates. Um, and they say that this COVID and all these variants is still a wild card that could play into these mortgage interest rates. But if you remember the experts, one of the predictions from earlier this year is that the mortgage interest rates are going to 
take off this year. And, you know, some of the predictions were four to four and a half percent by the end of the year. Right. Well, that certainly hasn't happened. And so they're, they're calling the, uh, the pandemic or the prolonged, uh, pandemic that we're, we're continue to, you know, weigh on, on, you know, everybody that that could be a wild card when it comes to mortgage interest rates. But they are predicting that as we get into 2022, that we are going to see, um, um, higher mortgage interest rates. Um, and they don't, um, they don't give any numbers. I mean, the numbers that they give are, are certainly, um, you know, we're, we're there already, but, um, nothing real too out of whack as we go into the, um, you know, as we get into, into 2022. So, uh, but I think with inflation and everything that's going on, I think it's inevitable that we're going to see higher mortgage interest rates, Jim. So ultimately, what will that do to the pricing of, of houses? Well, and the other thing was, you know, we were talking about the, the COVID wild factor. Now that this new variant has landed in California and is under quarantine, um, it's it's going to be, you know, I wouldn't, I don't want to call it anything other than interesting, but it'll... It, it's it's gonna it's kind of a while just to think about how that is going to affect the economy and hopefully not as much as um, some are predicting. But uh, that new variant seems like it's it's quite opposed to uh, any kind of a treatment. Um, although they they say that the vaccination is still going to help you, um, but that'll be interesting to see if that's going to affect our economy coming long term or not. We've got about another minute here before the end of the break. Yeah. Well, a lot of things to consider. And as we get more and more of these predictions, Jim, this is always a fun time of year for us. But uh, uh, as we we get into some of the statistics, if we get into the end of the year and into the first uh, week or so of the new year, you know, we're going to be bringing, you know, all of those to you as well. And we'll see how this market done. This is going to be a historic year. There's no question about it. Well, and I think, yeah, if you add in the factor of you've got 45 million millennials that are ready to buy, you've got... Um, an inventory that's not fitting the demand. Okay, you've got rents that are outpacing um, mortgage price, or uh, outpacing uh, real estate values by seven percent. Um, it just it just adds up to uh, I think uh, kind of a logjam of of uh, younger people trying to get out of that rental situation of buying a home. So that's going to cause prices to go up. So hopefully the interest rates will stay in check so people can still afford these these houses as they as they appreciate all right gary let's take a break right here folks are tuned into the twin ports real estate show and we will be right back to wrap it up hey welcome back to the last segment of the twin ports real estate show my name is jim ronning i work for remax anchor realty down here in punta gorda florida which is a fort myers suburb uh, and you can reach me at 218-348-7653. And Gary, I'm, I'm bopping around with a Minneapolis um, couple this weekend trying to find a house. Um, another Northland uh, referral source for me down here. It just seems that I'm running into all kinds of people that want to that wanna, that wanna buy a property down here and have heard of me and, and want to work through me. So I appreciate all those efforts. Um, but why don't you give out your phone number as well, sir? Uh, folks, I'm up here in the Twin Ports, licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin, and you can reach me at 
0615. And I uh, just want to give a shout out to that uh, Wisconsin market, Jim. Boy, what a difference that has been. Uh, you know, so many people that seem to be moving into this area and that they're not really aware of what's going on with the like neighborhood dynamics, Superior versus uh, Duluth, that type of stuff. Um, they're looking at value. And and they're they're going and, and they're saying, hey, we can't find a house in Duluth. They're going across the bridge and they're going there saying, hmm, yeah, this is a pretty nice house for a lot less money. You know, so, you, you know, can so, get the competition on this and pay a lot more, yeah. and and still have a very similar house. So um, it's it's an interesting dynamic what's going on between the the two markets this year. You know, I will tell you what, when we 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 started out in Superior Living in Billings Park, and that was like the easiest place to get to the mall and to get to, you know, to all kinds of places easier than a lot of places in Duluth. Um, so yeah. And, and there are things that are less expensive over on the Wisconsin side insurance, like, like auto insurance is a lot cheaper on the Wisconsin side. Cause they don't, they don't deal with all the Hills and a few more car accidents, which is what I was told. So, but yeah, it's always been a, a little bit cheaper to, to live across the bridge and you still have all the amenities. So good point. Well, interesting times appear. So, we'll, as the as we get more predictions again, we'll be bringing that. It's always, like I said, an interesting time of the year, and uh, I'm sure looking forward to seeing what the experts are saying and how this market pans out. And as we get into the new year, uh, what happens? But right now, with the lack of weather that we're having up here in the Twin Ports, Jim, this real estate market is still active, and uh, we'll see what this first snow that we're going to get up here this uh, weekend, starting tonight and into you know tomorrow, what it does. And when that extreme cold weather does, if that puts a damper on anything. Well, you know, Gary, we should probably take this time. We only got a minute left here. Folks, if you're thinking about selling your house this winter in the next few months, boy, run outside, take some pictures, like really good pictures of, uh, of of your home and the surroundings without the snow on the ground because you know it's going to change. So, <laughs> That's a good point. All right, Gary, we got to wrap it up here. Why don't you give out your phone number one more time and then we'll we'll head on down the road. I'm at 218-390-0615. All right, perfect. And my number is 218-348-7653. Thank you for listening to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We appreciate you very much, and we're happy to do it every week that we get a chance to. And uh, have a great December week, and we will you'll hear from us next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.